Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. of leaves an Irish podcast where I chat to people who are doing something good for the planet and I and you the listeners can take a leaf out of their book to add to our own way of eco-friendly living. I am by no means an expert and I don't interview only experts as you'll see in this episode I have a wonderful activist called Ida who is a teacher by trade and has been running an Instagram account called trying to be green since 2016 and She's just one of these people who has so many really useful, sometimes unusual hacks that you just don't see that often. Like there's a lot of very common things that people have to reduce food waste and, and uh, you know, have more eco-friendly fashion and whatnot. But the tips that she puts up on a daily basis is really really helpful and it's not the kind of content that is is kind of shared all the time because it doesn't tap into the kind of influencer kind of market um and there's a place for that as well but I just love that this podcast I can platform whoever I want and I'm delighted that Ida agreed to do this because she just has so many good tips to share um and that's yeah just the lovely thing about this podcast is it doesn't matter what your degree is in or what your experience experiences like anyone can work towards helping make the world a better place right now not only in the future and they have advice to share and leaves to share that we can all add to our own book so yeah hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and if you do like the work that I do either on social media or with this podcast your support will be greatly appreciated not just financial but if you could leave a review if you haven't done that already that would be really helpful on Spotify you can just click five stars literally takes one second if you're on apple Podcasts, if you could leave five stars and a review that'd be really nice as well or whatever platform you're listening on and if you could share it with a friend this episode or your favorite episode into any groups that you're in um, on social media let people know by word of mouth and of course if you are in a position that you can financially support the podcast that would be greatly greatly appreciated to help all the various running costs and of course my time which I don't remember I just I just don't really think about that because I just enjoy doing this um, but if you can support that would be greatly appreciated and thank you so much to all of the people who have shared and messages messaged messaged that's not right word messaged there we go it's late in the day um have messaged and got in touch and anyone with what's the word i'm looking for suggestions on who they would like to hear in future episodes just get in touch but for now i'm just going to hand it over to Ida, who has bucket loads of wisdom and knowledge and a really cool story into how she got involved with activism kind of accidentally in the first place here you go i hope you enjoy Okay, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Ida. It is lovely to have you here. Can you please introduce yourself to listeners who probably don't know who you are? So I'm just an ordinary person. I'm not an expert or anything. Basically, my story is that I moved around a lot as an adult, you know, as a young adult. Um, I moved to Mexico and then I was going to move to Australia. And every time I moved, I ended up like giving away a load of stuff and then giving away a load of stuff when I came back. So 2016, I was planning to move back from Colombia. I decided to stop buying stuff. 
um, wow. for the year. And then that was kind of a slippery slope that started opening up my eyes to all these environmental and social issues um, that stem from our consumption. Okay, so this actually started your kind of like eco conscious living because your your Instagram is called trying to be green since 2016. But had you had any inkling before? Or was there any other like documentaries or people or, or experiences that were planting seeds in your head? There was loads of like little seeds that had been planted and conversations that I'd had. But I just you kind of get back to your ordinary life and you forget about them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these ideas and then you know, it just falls by the wayside, you know, yeah. you try to recycle, but then it's like if, you know, your yogurt container is too messy to clean out, you just put it in the bin. You know, I was kind of a, a kind of a good citizen person before then, but not, nothing was really coming together for me. I was just like always taking the easy way out. Yeah. Oh, but she's, I, I say a lot of us do that and even you we might be really good when it comes to waste but terrible when it comes to fashion or something like that you know we're we're very really perfect and still have things that we've yet to to make a bit more effort on so that's absolutely fair um so then when you started doing that when you said so you said you took a year to not buy anything were you up to that point just kind of buying clothes as you needed them and books when you wanted like yeah I was the type that like if I saw a cardigan in Zara that I liked I'd get it in like three colors or you know I just have <gasps> like loads of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, with like homewares and like gadgets and electronics and like you know a cupcake maker and you know like loads of stuff I think I probably got a bit excited when I started earning my own money and kind of overcompensated. Yeah, you do, you have that freedom then. You're like, what can I treat myself to? Because we work hard for that money because you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. And do you, when you were living abroad, were you working as a teacher as well? Well, sometimes. Um, I actually, most of my trips abroad were like just really long holidays. So what an amazing experience to have. Okay, so to jump into then what it's like not to buy anything what was that like well if I'm honest I did buy you know I can't remember now because it's 2016 but I think I did buy a few things like for example light bulbs you know I was and I bought a lot of things secondhand you know while I was in Colombia for the first six months of the year I didn't really need to buy anything because I already had everything with you yeah it's been so long since I talked about this I forget to clarify obviously I bought food and like you know consumables I just wasn't using any clutter that I was gonna have to figure out what to do with so challenges really I think um you just take things one one step at a time and then things aren't as challenging as you expect them to be I kind of overcompensated beforehand I was like right well I'm not gonna be buying underwear for the year so I bought like new underwear just before just in case (laughs) I still have some of that underwear so yeah actually you don't need to buy new underwear every year and I knew once once I stopped buying like homewares and clothes and like gadgets that I'd compensate in the supermarket and buy food in fancy packaging you know just because I like nice things so that's how I ended up actually accidentally discovering zero waste was ah. because I decided to buy things with just the minimum amount of packaging I could. The minimum amount of packaging for me meant, okay, now I was going to try and get like bar soap. And I was in Colombia, so I didn't have all the options that I had. So I thought I wouldn't be able to buy shampoo. So I'd heard about, you know, like the no poo method and all that. And I thought I was going to have to go down that route. Mm. So then I didn't actually own a hairbrush at the time. So even though I said I had loads of stuff. <laughs> there so, were some things, yeah, some things yeah. on the list. So I actually, I bought a comb at the end of 2015 because I was like, oh, my yeah. hair is going to, I'm going to definitely need a comb now. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah, definitely. The challenges are more in your head. You think it's going to be difficult. You think these things are going to be, you're going to need certain things. But when it actually comes down to it, you don't actually. It's kind of like the original you was right to not have a comb and to not have so much underwear up to that point. Like, yeah, yeah. But if you tell yourself you're not going to have access to something, maybe that's why Irish people go buying bread all the time. Every time there's like a couple of inches of snow, people are like, quick, we need to panic. And we, we buy all this bread and it's and toilet paper that's gone and really there was no need to do that in the first place but yeah like I say it's just it's all in our head so that's really interesting so was this between Colombia and Ireland then that this year you were trying not to buy anything new yeah so the first six months I was in Colombia and then I moved back to Ireland then obviously I had to move into a new place and get stuff but actually like that wasn't even challenging everything kind of came together I think um I didn't have a dustpan and brush or something for a while and I used like a piece of cardboard and like the sweeping brush. I think that was really the only kind of thing that people would normally have that you would normally sure. have that I didn't have. Um, yeah. Else, like cups, plates. I think my brother had just sold an apartment. So he had um, these dishes and stuff that he didn't want. And my aunt had just moved house as well. And, you know, people have stuff they want to get rid of. This is <laughs> so true. Yeah, so true. I guess talk first about kind of furniture and those big bulky things. Like where do you find if you need something if you need a bedside locker or a I don't know a dustpan and brush like where would you recommend people look for these things if they don't want to buy new so the big thing that I like waited and looked for was a drop leaf table because I wanted you know I wanted what's a drop leaf table so they're the tables that you oh how do I explain this um sorry you, you can fold out the side of it either you pull out a little thing or a leg comes out Oh and yeah, so are, are they like a little narrow kind of shelf thing when they're pushed up against the wall, and yeah. then you pull but it, okay. you make it into a big table. Daddy. Um So I actually went into it's actually changed its name now, um, but on Camden Street, so, I think it's NCBI now. Yeah. Um. So I just went in there and I said what I wanted, and they put my name in a book, and they rang me when one came in. Whoa! I so, didn't know you could do that. That makes so much sense. For big things like that you want, you know, yeah. like you're not going to be like a dustpan and brush, you know, but like for yeah. big purchases, because it suits them as well because they don't want, they don't have the space to be holding loads of stuff. So if they have someone on a list who wants something, they'll, they'll bring you up so they can have a quicker turnover. That is genius. Um, and then if you're flexible as well, yeah, if you're just like a bed's a bed, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some people want like a specific aesthetic and that. But that's one thing that I really like about people I know who do buy everything secondhand. They love that their furniture is mismatched. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's like done real stylishly so. And they get like, they find like different pillows and stuff everywhere. And it's just, it it can make your place look extra unique as well. So being that flexible. I find it way less stressful as well. Like across everything from food to everything, the decision fatigue just kind of disappears when you have, when you're limiting your options, you know. So we have, we have a little van and I wanted to paint the inside of it. So my nephew works in B&Q. I asked him, do they have any like mistakenly mixed paint? Like basically stuff they were trying to get rid of cheap because it was a mistake. And he texts me back. He's like, we only have pink. And I'm like, perfect. I didn't yeah. have to decide what color. I'm like, yeah. that's it. And sometimes yeah. I find if you're making a big decision like that, like what color to paint something, then mm-hmm. you kind of stress about it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you don't have a choice of what color you're painting it, 
no stress you just so. go for it yeah you just wing it you're like okay this is this is the option um because I talked about this in a very very early episode of book of leaves with Emma Gleason who kind of studied a bit about consumer culture and their mindset and psychology and that decision fatigue is very much a real thing that we get more stress we actually have less enjoyment when we have more options in front of us so obviously when you walk into Primark or you walk into wherever there's just repeats of the same thing it's actually like it is it's more stressful so to just have that and you're like okay and the time saved as well um rather than doing little patches and everything that's really cool um before we move on then to I guess like fashion and food is there anything else homeware or furniture related that are good for people to know if they want to get things secondhand or get rid of things the free cycle groups and mm-hmm. even uh, olio they're just so handy like sometimes you put up a you put up something and you put up a request and literally like it takes like two minutes um for you yeah. know someone to reply saying either they have it or they want it whatever so they are definitely really really valuable adverts and done deal as well and facebook yeah. marketplace like you always find people getting rid of things and you're like no one will want this. I, I was trying to get rid of hangers, extra hangers that I'd accumulated, put them up on Olio and they were gone. I was like, well, just left them outside and someone came and collected them. Things that you don't think people will want. And Olio is another great one for food. So I guess obviously food is something that we do have to buy new. Mm-hmm. But there is still loads of money saving ways around that. Olio is an unreal one. I'm also known as the Hoover in my house, in my house with my housemates because I will eat I save a fortune because I look at what they're letting go to to waste and they're like, Cara, I won't use these tomatoes, you work away and then I'll make something around that. What other tips do you have for people to reduce food waste and the packaging and everything like that? Well, obviously the packaging, if you have like, and you can afford to get things in one of the refill stores, obviously that's mm-hmm. like 100% getting rid of your packaging. If you live too far away or if you can't afford um, to be buying because a lot of um, the food will be organic which is obviously a bonus but makes it more expensive yeah going to the Asian supermarkets and getting like the biggest logical amount and um, so you can get things in like three kilo bags instead of 500 gram bags or whatever that's obviously a huge saving on packaging and then also simplifying Instead of being like, oh, I have my red lentils and my green lentils and my brown lentils and, you know, whatever else. Just being like, okay, I have whatever lentils work the best for you. And then, like, maybe use them up and then switch to a different one the next time you go shopping instead of everything in your press the whole time. So that really, well, reduces the packaging and the stress and the space you need. In terms of, like, food going off and, like, perishables... Obviously, you mentioned Olio already and seeing what what's going to waste in work or, you know, if you have housemates or whatever, all that as well. But just kind of looking, looking after your food, I suppose, storing it properly, buying things that are in season so that they'll have a longer shelf life. I don't know. I think everyone kind of has the same food waste tips. Um, yeah, true. Have you, though, in your times with Olio, because not everyone knows about that app and that app has literally... I don't it literally changed my life in certain ways like when I was moving house it was so much easier to get rid of things that guilt of like I end up being a hoarder of certain things it's so funny that we talk about being zero waste and decluttering and now that I'm trying to reduce waste I end up keeping so much more things around because I'm like oh I'll find a use for that and I'm creative as well so I'm like oh if I 
I'll use it in our project. But actually, it's really good to to declutter um, your house and give things away to people who need them. But when it comes to the food, like I know Tesco have paired up with Olio to be food waste heroes and you're you're given loads of yellow sticker vegetables and pastries they're pastries that obviously they cook for the smell to bring people into the shop and then they don't need that money but they don't cut down on the amount that they have because the smell is too important to bring people in is there any like stories that you have from being a food waste hero on olio because that's what they call people who get like loads of stuff any little moments where you met amazing people or you saw an amount of food that you thought i wasn't going to get rid of this and you got rid of it or yeah no olio is amazing but actually it is the one thing of all sustainable living that for that one hour after you do the pickup it's incredibly stressful because you think there's so much food and you're not going to get rid of it. It's a real stress. But then the feeling when, you know, then people start to message you and then everything gets allocated and you end up like, like sometimes it's a ridiculous amount, like 26 loaves of bread or 26 liters of milk. And like, Mm -hmm. you think this week I'm not going to be able to do it. But then every week between people picking it up and the freezer. No, it does It does come together every week, but there is an hour there when you're like, this is too much. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know that you've thought that before and you've gotten rid of it. So you don't leave anything behind in Tesco because you're like, well, it's definitely going to go in the bin if I leave mm-hmm. it here. So you just, you know, you take as much as you can and then it always does come together in the end, um, which is a great feeling. And yeah, meeting like really interesting and really nice people and like having great conversations is definitely part of it. And it's really just part of any of these things that we're doing to be like more environmentally friendly. Like if you go to a clothes swap, if you're like getting rid of stuff of free cycle, it's where I've met a lot of my friends would be from things like that as well. So it really is a great way to meet like-minded people. And Have you ever tried dumpster diving or skip diving over here? I know because I used to work in Duns and they had like everything caged off that like you couldn't access and I'm I could see them throwing away perfectly good things or like toilet rolls that had one thing taken out of it and stuff and I didn't know like I would take I would sneak away the odd thing when I could but I was afraid that they would fire me or something if they saw me actually like trying to take as much of this home as possible what's it because we don't have much of a culture here for um dumpster diving and skip diving have you ever tried that yeah so actually I went through like a phase of doing a lot of it I haven't done um anything in a year now because it's just it just went something slightly out of your way and slightly inconvenient it's just hard to do but um I definitely got a good look at what is being thrown out and how perfect condition it is like Hmm. sometimes it'd be like because it's after Christmas all the Christmas chocolates like they're not even close to their best before you they're just being thrown out you were saying there about like one thing missing from a package like yeah so if you have like cans of drinks and one of the cans is broken then the whole six pack or the whole 12 pack is being thrown out eggs are a big one for that as well because obviously it's very easy to break an egg in the shop so then even if the packaging is just like a little bit dirty then it doesn't look good on the shelf so they just throw it out basically so much going to waste and then yeah with vegetables either they're packaged and they have best before date on them or another time I saw like a whole like a whole tray of uh, punnets of grapes and one of them had gone a bit moldy and instead of looking at the other however many were on the 10 or 12 yeah it just threw the whole lot out um there's a lot of nonsense like that 
But as you say, it's not accessible to everyone either, like because their supermarket locks it up. Or it's also not like not everyone has the confidence to like stroll up and like open up a bin and check inside without mm-hmm. worrying about what people are going to think of them. So it's definitely and it's definitely not a solution, but it is a good eye opener to see exactly what supermarkets are throwing out. And especially when they're saying that they're not throwing anything out to be able to say, well, actually, look, look at all of this perfect stuff. Yeah, I've talked about so much of it from Dunn's before, like the the buckets that that their flowers come in and that hold their bouquets with water. All of them go to the bin. I just thought they were being collected but no, they're all being brought outside to go in the bin, like perfect working buckets. So if you have a Duns near you, go tell them to keep the the flower buckets aside for you. Like they they really are supermarkets can say, I know Super Value has like really good efforts when it comes to like supporting local businesses. And Tesco is great that they've paired up with Olio and that, but it's, uh, yeah, it's still not enough in my opinion. But I have, I do love when I find things in skips, like walking by people's houses and they're doing a clear out, like getting garden furniture and um, my friends moved over to, over to Canada and they were texting me being like, Carrie, you be so happy. We found our TV in a skip. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, so it would be kind of, not, obviously it's not a solution, but it would be nicer if we obviously didn't have that judgmental thing going on. And that instead of looking at the people in the skips, we were looking at the people putting this stuff in the skips, not like homes, but businesses and stuff. There's no, there's no way to have you, you wouldn't have any tips for people if they wanted to like scope an area out for go, for going to supermarket skips. Like you were saying, the problem is that the bins can be locked up. So any kind of new complex probably has like a a bin area that's like closed off. Mm. So it's more like if you're looking at like, it was an older building and then the shop went in where they're leaving and um, the bins like out on the road if you look at those places and then kind of pass by in the evenings and see like what evenings they leave them out on and then you just have to have a look you know if it's winter bring a head torch because it'll be dark and just easier to see stuff see what's yeah. going on I would always wear gloves sometimes it's all very nice and neat like you you've probably seen in the shops like the employees go over to like the pastry like shelf and they just literally get a giant bag and like just kind of go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh into the bag so like sometimes the stuff is already you know wrapped in bags for you yeah um, so it's not necessarily going to be like messy and gross but there could be something spilled in there obviously bring a friend with you because it's much easier to like you're much more confident when you're not on your own yeah and it's a bit of crack time. as well it's like a real yeah. life treasure hunt that's a good point. Um, and then I know, obviously, to move towards fashion and that now, because you said that you were someone who used to have a cardigan in every colour in Zara. What was that like then, not buying anything new? I presume charity shops are your friend, the likes of Depop and that. Like, what yeah. other kind of ways did you get around this? So, yeah, when I started off, like when I moved back to Ireland first, I went a bit mental in charity shops and just like, you know. We've all been there, yeah. in every colour. But it was actually a quick process for me to, so I moved back in the summer and I think in November I decided to try out a capsule wardrobe. And Can that, you explain what that is for anyone who might not know? Okay, so basically it's, you just have less clothes, but you really love them all and they're all your favourite things that like suit you perfectly. Instead of having like loads of different cardigans, you're just like actually this colour suits me the best and this style suits me the best. So you keep that one cardigan 
or, you know, cardigan and blazer or two cardigans or whatever. I mean, it is something that expands and contracts and it can get a bit out of hand sometimes. But you kind of look at your clothes and you only keep the best ones that suit your life and that suit you. You just end up with way less clothes, but then you're just really confident every day because you're happy with what you're wearing. All your clothes match and stuff as well. So if you're packing for a trip, it's really easy. You just basically open your bag and throw stuff in. And, wow. Um, so yeah, there is a lot on YouTube about capsule wardrobes. You can spend um, several hours um, going through them. But... I, I foresee a YouTube hole coming on for me. Yeah, capsule yeah. wardrobe isn't something that I've done yet. I have like a little bag for my extra warm winter clothes that I, I take out a tiny little bag but aside from that like yeah clothes or something I'm like oh I could wear this one day or because I work in theater I'm like that'll make a good costume piece (laughs) then I just keep it rages on my car no one's ever like just just get rid of it just donate it to someone else so yeah that's a really cool thing to check out and then what what other things worked for you or have you learned yeah no like like you were saying uh depop adverts free cycle clothes swaps clothes mm. swaps are a really handy one because you know obviously adverts in depop are online and it's there's really no substitute for actually trying something on yourself clothes swaps and charity shops are really handy for that but i think the main thing is if you have a capsule wardrobe then you're like okay i need i need a black blazer so then you've decided mm. that in advance so when you go into a charity shop you're not just like buying loads of stuff that you may or may not wear. You're looking for specific things. You know, you're not going to find everything you want in the first shop you go to. But if you, you know, if you shop a little bit and shop around, um, you will find what you need eventually. And the other thing is, yeah, you have these things on your, you need list, but you don't necessarily need them right now. So, you you know, just Mm. don't panic um, and just... If you are happy with the clothes that you have in your wardrobe, then you're not really in a hurry to be getting so much new stuff. It is way easier if you're happier with less. Yeah, it's been, it definitely has an effect on your mental health as well. Like when you're not, when you're just not as cluttered, when your space isn't and you're, you're you know, you're not stressing about like throwing out clothes or I, I find it, it helps. Like I've had two bikinis for probably like 10 years maybe more that they're the bikinis that I take with me any holiday I go any place of time go to a hot country it's those whereas I know there is a big culture of people going to pennies or going wherever and doing their holiday shopping and I think it's getting less and less cool as the the years go on like I hope it is I don't know sometimes I think we're just um you know when we're hanging out with like-minded people we don't see the crazy excess that's going on outside um, which to some extent is good because you could get a bit overwhelmed not about people but I looked out the window the other day I was in a building and um, the building across the road was under construction and the whole building was like wrapped in plastic and I was just like oh I was like feeling guilty because I bought like muesli in plastic like the week before there's a whole building (laughs) so you feel so insignificant you know if you start thinking about everything else that's going on you know I do I do think about those things but I try not to like dwell on them and let them take over and you don't let them stop you in a way you don't let them make your Um, actions any less meaningful have you any other I guess while you're kind of saying that you try to not let these things take over and it's really hard I'm reading them um, uh oh my god I can never say his name the zen the art the zen of saving the planet thick uh the monk um Tich Van 
Pack or something like that. I'll link it in the show notes. I'm sorry for butchering his name, everybody. But he has a really lovely book that I'm reading now about like using meditation to kind of to breathe through the big overwhelming problems. They are there and we do have to kind of be awoken to them, but we are able to kind of breathe through them and not let them paralyze us. Have you found any other tips like just time in nature help you or will you give yourself time off social media or news or anything like that? Well, I'm actually terrible for not following the news at all. <laughs> so I don't need time off. And I haven't really had needed, I, I don't really get overwhelmed by social media. I think it's mm. probably because my Instagram is just filled with people like me. Um, so yeah. I don't really see a lot of kind of stuff that stresses me out on there. Yeah, I suppose like, I think you just incorporate, like I don't specifically go out of my way to have time in nature and time out. But I think because I use cycle to work, you have kind of that headspace, kind of mindfulness when you're, you know, hmm. you're just cycling along and that's outside as well. So I think I probably am doing these things, but not thinking about it, if that yeah. makes sense. yeah. Is there anything that you mindfully choose to do to kind of deal with the gravity of the waste that we create? Or you like taking action is how you deal with it, like in doing more of it? Yeah, I guess so. I never, um, I never, I don't really get, um, I can't even remember the word for it now, climate anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really suffer from that. And I guess maybe it is because I live in the moment. (laughs) Love it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, and because I do like, take action and obviously also different things affect different people and like when I say I take action I'm not taking action all the time I've done you know I've done some big actions in the past and then like you know I'm chipping away on my own little things but I'm not you know I'm not like pushing and like organizing community events or anything all the time. Like for example, um, Olio at the moment, I there just wasn't a convenient pickup for me, so I'm not mm-hmm. really doing that this year because the slots were filled by other people, which is great because it means that there's a lot more people involved now, and mm-hmm. um, so that's great. I don't know. I guess maybe just living in a moment, and I think it's just different people's personalities. You can't really dictate. You can't say this is the yeah. solution. Exactly. Um, No, it is important to kind of go, well, what can I do right now to help this thing that I'm anxious about in the future that we don't know will or won't happen? Because I would get anxiety sometimes and it's always it's worrying about the future and then being more present does help and be that you might need to do meditation or spend time in nature to get there or you are just someone who kind of is in the present moment more and that just comes easier to you. It's it is a really useful way of just seeing as what you're doing as important because it is because you have waste in front of you and then you organize it to be collected by someone else and that's not waste anymore like it's and that is powerful that's where I would my batteries would get charged a lot off oleo now I'll I'm definitely want to ask you a little bit about kind of like toiletries or um and other kind of hacks when it comes to like underwear and socks and things like that but before we do you're obviously a teacher um so is there anything in school that you find for because I know some teachers listen to this podcast hi Cody if you're listening from a brilliant school called Rockbrook but obviously when you're working in any kind of environment there can be people that you have to kind of like teach to to be um more or zero waste or walking closer towards being zero waste and then also the students you work with young people so how is that do you see them caring about climate action? Is it kind of a mix depending on, on the family? And what are, what's it like in your, I guess, work setting trying to be zero waste? 
Yeah. So definitely you have to meet people where they are. There is a huge, you know, range of, you know, different attitudes from staff um, where I work and definitely um, the kids would not be super focused on the big picture um, sure. where I am. So really, I think plodding away, doing your own little things and having people notice, I think is more effective than kind of dictating and then you do gradually you know like bring in like little initiatives and stuff as opposed to rules make it easy and accessible um for example beside the photocopier if you can set up a you know here's where to put your mistakes so that the other side of the page can be used box yeah and then you know you start using that and then more people seeing it and more people using it it is going to have gradual and small effect but it's definitely still yeah exactly yeah um, and then the same thing, the same thing with the kids, you know, the first time you hand them a sheet that has something on the other side of it, um, they're like, what's this? It has, you know, but then they just get used to the idea that they can use the other side of the sheet and maybe they'll start thinking about that in the future, you know, if they're, they're getting a sheet to write something else on. So it is probably like more lead by example and set things up so it's easy rather than trying to push. I don't think... Mm that really works being open to um people asking you things because a lot of the time people don't understand why you might do something and so if you're open to having these conversations it gives them more of a chance to ask you about more things and then you know something might strike a chord at them other things might not but like it will make like a you know small little differences and even if they even if they don't agree with you, they could go and have a conversation with someone else and be like, oh, guess what this, you know, what that is. and <laughs> yeah. then that person might be like, oh, actually, you know what? I yeah. agree with that. You um, never know the ripple effect you have. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. You just don't know what impact you have. I think just being yourself and not hiding the things you're doing. And then I think people can gradually, they can pick up on what's accessible to them, like what they feel able to do. Then obviously, like, there is very structured things you can do like with green schools or you know all the subjects now have kind of a sustainability strand in them you do have a chance to talk about it more in the classroom so yeah just kind of gradually like leading rather than pushing I would say yeah to go I guess quickly over underwear and socks what are your because they're something I haven't found an affordable option because my income fluctuates because I'm like partly self-employed so sometimes like I think last year I was like I can't I need new underwear because they all they were all holy and loose the threading and everything was gone so I was like okay I'm going into pennies and I'm going to buy myself like five pairs but like I still have them Um, I will have them for until they wither at the seams and disintegrate in my jeans um but like what have you found to help when it comes to socks and underwear because they are the things that we kind of need now um so I actually have <laughs> not struggled with this either I've struggled with certain aspects but I don't have an issue with secondhand underwear mm, yeah um, I actually, I actually bought some from you on Everett's. You did, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were just too small for me that I'd bought yeah. online from a sustainable brand. And you picked them up via Depop. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, um, when I was in Kenya, they did have secondhand underwear in secondhand shops there. You know, from from the big containers of clothes that get sent over from, from us. <laughs> the UK. From Western Europe countries, and, yeah. You know, America. But anyway, um, so obviously, though, they're not easy to find. Um, I have also bought 
tags still on secondhand on adverts where people just kind of bought loads and then realized you know they needed to declutter and um, yeah. so I'm a big fan of Patagonia yes. because of you know their recycled content and their recycling and then their you know their fair trade but re- realistically you're talking about 20 quid for a pair of knickers which obviously is not accessible to everyone there's another few brands as well but you're talking about that price so I think the easiest thing is looking on adverts again you don't have your like 100% choice of style um, and there will be times when you need something specific and you are going to have to either as you said like kind of say okay well I'm going to buy these but I'm going to love them and I'm going to like yeah. keep them and look after them and I'm not going to buy 20 pairs I'm going to buy as much as I need so if you can't afford to be spending 20 quid for knickers that's fair enough um I'm luckily in the position because I'm not really buying a lot of other stuff I can justify the purchase yeah and also because I know how long stuff lasts but the other disadvantage about these like eco brands they might necessarily be like the fit or the cut or exactly what you want and you're buying them online and then you have them and then you're just really annoyed because you've spent so much on them compared to what you used to spend and compared to what you spend on second hand clothes um socks I think people are more open to getting like hand-me-down socks from their friends Mm, but they're just not as they're not as frequent I'm like they're like they're when their socks are gone they're either they've either disappeared been taken by the mysterious washing machine I'll take one of every one of your pair of socks or they're they're already holy and raggedy like people have left socks and underwear in my house I'm like okay great mine now (laughs) but yeah they're just not as frequent um I remember you sharing a company I can't remember what they're called I can see it there's lots of E's and O's and L's and E's. Yeah, I actually, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's Dioli or something? Yeah, D-O-D-O-L-E-S, I think. Something like that. I'll link them here. But I remember you before Christmas, I think, sharing about them. And then I went on and bought like about 10 pairs of socks to gift to people that Mm -hmm. were like cotton or recycled material and stuff. And they were quite, they've lasted quite well. Yeah, they're um, recycled cotton. The one thing about that website is when you go into the website you have to go into the recycle section it's not immediately apparent like they have loads of fancy socks and designs and then they have one tiny little recycled section so you do have to you have to look um, for it yeah yeah it isn't it isn't as easy um I also found another I see I find people and I follow them on Instagram for years until I need that specific thing Uh and for sports socks I found another, a brand that uses recycled, um, like they're synthetic, but yeah. it uses recycled plastic. And I think they're called Rock A Running. Okay. Like Rock very A cool. Y um, yeah. Running. Um, so that's going to be my go-to when I get to the stage where I need that. Also, I don't know, I just keep getting these influxes from from people. The last one yeah. was my dad. I don't even understand how he had 10 pairs of socks in my size. But <laughs> someone must have bought him the wrong size so he wore half of them once you know or he wore like a few of the pairs until he realized and then the rest of them were just brand new basically never been worn you know I know you were saying that it doesn't seem to happen Um, maybe I just attract well I guess I'm probably not as vocal about it either but yeah maybe I should just do more call outs like actually when I'm like running low on socks and underwear instead of 
hoping someone will offer me some I, d- I definitely need to ask more I need to go to my housemates or go to my my family and be like has anyone got <laughs> socks or underwear too many and actually sorry now they think of it often charity shops will have stuff with tags still on yeah like I just got um I just got two bras in Oxfam on um on Georgia Street and I've definitely seen packets of socks in Oxfam shops as well I think yeah. some of them have links with getting like surplus shipments or something yeah um, and then, yeah I got a bikini there last year as well that was um still with the tags on and they had well not all the sizes but they had several sizes of the same design Oxfam is a great one and um, that's brilliant now I know we're just we're running out of time and there's so many tips that you have um to share you did there's so many things that I'd love to ask you but I guess you're also someone do you have a fair phone I do, yeah. And what's that like? Because that they are obviously oh, there it is, woohoo! So you can repair the parts in that. How how have you found getting a fair phone? I've just been buying mine secondhand, but then the screen breaks and I still have to fork out like a ridiculous amount of money to get it done and stuff. So um, how are you finding them? Yeah, no. So this is actually a fair phone four, and I haven't had to fix anything on this. Um, I got it less than six months ago. But before that, I had the Fairphone 2, and I had that for almost five years. Basically, yeah, if something, if something, for the first two years, and this one now has like a five-year warranty, I think, but for the first two years, if something wasn't, um, you know, working properly, I had like a little issue with the camera, and they'd just send you the piece that you needed, and you just, you get a little screwdriver, and you take it off, and you you switch it out. That's all satisfying. I'd be like, yeah. look at me. I'm so smart. Yeah. <laughs> I can defuse bombs, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then I actually know a lot of people with them. And then some, of, so when I got the Fairphone 2, it was probably three or four years old. So some people had had it for, you know, years. And when they were upgrading to Fairphone 3 or whatever, um, they gave me like, you know, a bag of spare parts. So like, wow. you know, I, my screen was scratched. She just gave me a fresh screen that she had that she didn't need anymore. And you can just like slide the screen off and slide the new screen on. And um, so that was perfect. Um, yeah, so it was just really handy not to, yeah, not to have to worry about like your warranty being void if you open up your phone or anything mm. like that. As I said, I haven't had to fix anything on this on this new Fairphone 4. But it's a, they've got a really good setup though, the way that they have, um, the, they're very conscious about how their materials are mined for and everything like that which no other technology technological tech technology company seems to be doing um I know you were traveling recently and you slow traveled for a good part of that getting trains and stuff how do you find doing that in Europe especially obviously from Ireland as well because we're in Ireland I actually loved it I would definitely do it again it was my first time kind of going I went all the way to Croatia so it was my first time kind of going that far Mm. in a short time I guess tips for that would be just to get yourself to London without flying and then from London you can get everywhere else like obviously the Eurostar is really handy the bus the overnight bus you get on it I think it's like 8 p.m at Bosaurus and you get on it they bring you to the port you get off you go on the ferry you know for a few hours you have like your dinner your coffee your drink or whatever and then you get back on the bus and it's not super comfortable. You're on a bus, but you can sleep then. Like it's it's already like 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the morning. So you're tired. Yeah. So you can like sleep and then wake up in London. So that's a really handy way to get over there without kind of wasting a lot. Like 
I've you don't waste time. Yeah. yeah. I've gone the train a few times as well. And that can be nice if you get good con- connections. You can get over there. Like, you know, you get the ferry and then you have the train and five hours later you're in London. So it's mm-hmm. not like if you have the time and you're happy to relax and read a book, um, that's lovely as well. So then it's not as like... We're not as stranded as an island as people think when it comes yeah. to slow travel, I don't think. Yeah. The thing is, you just change your expectations of what you want to do and you travel more in Ireland and you, which is really great. And then you see loads of places and then you're like, oh, I want to go back there. I want to see these other places and you kind of explore a lot more. But definitely easy enough to get to London. What I would say coming back, it's less handy on the bus coming back because obviously you're on the bus and then you get on a ferry at like three in the morning. So I have done that. I think I've done it once, but I would recommend just getting the train coming back yeah um during the day or I mean I've also a few times taken the ferry to France um it's longer but you know the ferry is part of your journey I suppose you know you're staying in a nice cabin and you know you can like chill there so just like change your expectations um and don't be expecting to go to somewhere for the weekend just take longer trips and then then I end up instead of I would have just gone straight um to Croatia and straight back again if I was flying but then I got to like go to Paris which I always love and visit a friend in Munich and then um go back to Venice and visit Trieste which I hadn't been to before you know exploring places whereas if I'd flown I would have just you just get you just arrive straight there like yeah you don't see and that's one thing Maeve Stone another um person who was on this podcast before mentioned it's like when she got on a tube or a plane it's like you disappear for a bit and then you pop up and you're in a totally new place whereas when you're on a train or a bus you can actually see the land change and the cultures change as you're going through them like and it's it's really cool and becomes so much more of an adventure then Jesus we've been chatting for like an hour already and there's still so many things that I'm like I could ask you for tips for but instead we're going to time travel and we're going to go to the future what is one of your favorite things about the future as you want it to work out so one of mine off the top of my head is I love that every single um surface of like a roof or car park if the even though we don't need them as much as much are like covered in solar panel like there's no surface wasted if it's not if it has to be tarmac tar or concrete it's probably absorbing energy that we can like reuse that's one of my things and then my bills are cheap as well super cheap um I think probably for me there's no um there's no visas you know and everyone can just live wherever they want there's no there's no borders there's no borders yeah I love that yeah I think we might need more than 50 years but that's definitely my ideal future no one being labeled as a migrant or you know anything like that what an amazing one to have you do and before we go is there any final wisdom or tips you would like to to bestow onto listeners for them to take a leaf from your book yeah sorry (laughs) no please please (laughs) we might be here for a while (laughs) no I was just thinking earlier when I read your email if there's something you want, like something that isn't, you know, when I moved back to Ireland first, I joined the um, Zero Waste Ireland Facebook group and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Where are the refill stores? And people are like, there isn't any. And so like something like that, that doesn't exist in your neighborhood or in your area that's missing. Don't wait around for someone else to do it. Just do the the mini version or the not perfect version yourself 
and get it started up. It doesn't mean you're saddled with it forever. Other people will, will like, you know, see what you've done and they'll make a better version. But just don't wait around for other people to do what needs to be done. Just get it started yourself. As you like mentioned earlier, it feels really good to be like taking action. Yeah. And also you're going to meet like really great people through that as well. So that would be my advice to anyone. Instead of waiting for other people, just take the plunge and do it yourself amazing yeah good it is good advice because we have a lot more agency than we think and a lot a lot of things can be self-taught like I had no idea I still don't know how to run a podcast really sound editing having a clue but uh, I'm doing it anyway so no you're dead right if there's something that isn't missing or lacking you probably have the skills to do that and then ask for help or if you want to hand it over hand it over to someone Now, hopefully you were able to take a leaf or several out of Ida's book and found some of that useful. Don't forget to give her a follow on Instagram, trying to be green since 2016. I'll link her Instagram page and handle in the description of the podcast. So if you click show more on whatever you're listening or watching this on, you will see like a little bit of a paragraph, the timestamps of all the different topics that we talk about, which are there for every episode. Again, hiccups now, which are there for every episode. And underneath that, I link everything, any kind of businesses that we mentioned, so that you don't need to go searching, what do they say, the name of that documentary or business or whatever it was. It's all there from the links to Olio and everything. Really, can't recommend Olio enough. And I don't get paid. I'm not sponsored by them. I just think it's just such a good app. And that's it. Stay up to date with Book of Leaves as well on Twitter, on Facebook and on Instagram, especially where I'd be most busy with my content there and other tips that don't make it to the podcast. And as always, if you can support the podcast, please do financially give it a share, rate, review and that's all. And really just thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here really appreciate it okay i'm gonna let this go and i'll be back again in two weeks time if you have any more suggestions for people you'd like to hear keep them coming because i've got a lovely little lovely little collection of uh, interviews coming your way just like this one thank you so much talk to you soon bye